Are you ready? Because it's time to go lead everything. What is going on, everybody? Welcome to the Go Lead Everything podcast. Phil Swanson here. Awesome guest today. My head coach for most of my time at Wayne State University and still fearless leader of the Wayne State University Warrior Baseball team, Ryan Kelly, is on the show today. Hey, RK, how are you today? I'm doing great, Phil. It's always uh, amazing and awesome to reconnect with a, a great leader and a former warrior, someone that represented the school with distinction on and off the field. Excited to be with you on this afternoon. And I'm excited to be with you, RK. Had an awesome time with you at Wayne, and, and you sure did a lot for me in my career. And, you know, understanding the value of that network and, and understanding that you see the value in it. I wanted to talk to you today and really glean some leadership insights from you. I know you've influenced a lot of individuals over the years, and, and uh, you were a baseball player yourself. So I wanted to kind of go back and, and maybe kick it off with you telling a little bit of your story of how you played through college and, and ultimately ended up coaching at Wayne State. Yeah, uh, that'd be, uh, that'd be great. Um, I'm from Michigan. Uh, I was actually, uh, I grew up in Northville, Michigan. And I grew up in that community because my mother was a harness horse jockey. She raced horses and trained race horses. And there's a track that's still in Northville. It's not as used as extensively as it was when I was growing up, but it's called Northville Downs. And, uh, while we were still looking for a house, my mother was racing horses, my father and my mother and I lived at the racetrack in a room about the size of a dorm room when I was just a youngster, but uh, eventually got a house near the track and uh, I grew up playing in the little league system there. And uh, the little league system uh, really helped introduce me to leadership and team and fun and sport, organized sport. And that ultimately led me to uh, continue to develop my skills and the passion for the game. And the Tigers were really good during that era. And uh, it was a, a time where I embraced the game of baseball and continued to move them forward. And I played uh, some travel ball. I eventually, I actually went to the uh, Dearborn Divine Child High School where I graduated from and played with some amazing teammates, had a great coaching staff and uh, opportunities presented itself where we were competitive and it gave me uh, a position to succeed academically and athletically ultimately be recruited and uh, going through the recruiting system I, I chose to go to University of Michigan where I was a student athlete there on the baseball program and that's where a lot of my uh, transition really developed and evolved as a student athlete uh, into ultimately what led to my graduation team success there uh, but into my coaching endeavors with Wayne State University and uh, great time at Michigan uh, amazing teammates that have I still consider uh, brothers and family to this day uh, and uh, part of my network. You talked about the word network and it was an amazing experience. And from my transition uh, of uh, baseball at the college level, uh, I dabbled a little bit working in sport. Uh, I actually immediately went into some radio broadcasting. I was asked to do the color commentary for Michigan baseball on the radio just after my playing days. Uh, so about a year, year and a half, I did that. Uh, got an internship with the Lions in the same uh, realm. I uh, really had a, a desire to work in sport because sport gave so much to me uh, and it was a medium for my academic and personal and network and growth and so forth. And 
I was close to Wayne State. My father had attended Wayne State, and uh, he actually used to take me to Wayne State when I was a kid to go to the library there and try to work on a science project or do some research or just study. He would take me down to the Wayne State Library, and uh, we would dabble between Wayne State's library and the Detroit Public Library right on Cass Avenue, and uh, I grew a real affinity for Wayne State even as a youngster, and uh, so I decided to uh, get my master's degree, and I went to Wayne State. And uh, it led to an opportunity to coach as well under the direction of Jay Alexander at the time. And uh, I've been happy to be there ever since. Man, that's awesome. Super cool story. I know I was always told you'll meet your best friends in college. And that's rung true for me. You know, I met some really great people in my time at Wayne, including yourself. And um, I'm curious, what was, sounds like you kind of fell into coaching a little bit. Was coaching something you aspired to or, or how did you, how did you kind of, to, you know, to be honest with you, I, I, uh, I knew how valuable the game of baseball and organized sport was for me, whether it was football, basketball, baseball, the game, the sports I mainly played through high school and, and, uh, and the connections I made with the coaches, the teammates. And it was a real medium for me to understand the importance of academics and education. And uh, through sport, I garnered a lot of that value in addition to what my family had taught me. Uh, and I knew how powerful it was for me and my growth. And I always had a vision um, at some point in my college tenure, my undergraduate tenure, I wanted to continue working in sport and, and foster those ideals and help present it to the next generation of, of a student athlete. And uh, I didn't know if the coaching was the answer. I always had a vision of maybe being like a high school athletic director and coach high school baseball. Sure. Uh, where I could uh, impact a department of student athletes at the high school level. It's such a powerful time being in high school and making those decisions about your future. Uh, and uh, that was a vision of mine. Uh, I, it still continued as a vision when I started my master's work at, at Wayne State University. Uh, but uh, coaching and building relationships with the staff administration there, but ultimately the student athletes that wore the green and gold still to this day, uh, that was something that I, I found. Um, really rewarding, exciting, competitive, uh, just a great atmosphere. There's great days, there's tough days, and it's, uh, it's something I really uh, embraced. And uh, I've been fortunate to coach there still. And uh, that's why I fell into coaching a little bit. Yeah, when, when you see people, groups, universities that have a strong culture and that strong community, it's so cool to see. And I know, you know, we've been part and, and Wayne State's really grown a lot over the years in building that. It sounds like you also had some really cool coaches and, and really good mentors in your life, as, as I have. How, thinking back, like how does your mentality change going from a player to a coach? And when you think back, you know, it's, it's really easy for players, just like employees, to get critical of their leadership, their, their bosses. Um, Talk a little bit about your perspective now that you've transitioned. Sure. So um, usually when you're a player, a student athlete, an employee, you follow the agenda and uh, you might not think about the vision of what that agenda is looking for in the result. You, you do your work, you do your job. As a baseball player, you know, you're going to a practice or a training or a workout or a meeting and you're maybe focused on a couple of action items, whether it's uh, maybe you're hitting in that certain moment and you're, you got an hour of offensive work 
or you're working on base running for half an hour, you're doing base running and, and um, you're maybe thinking about other things. You're thinking about when's this practice going to be over. I'm sure getting hungry right now. Uh, what am I going to eat for dinner tonight? Um, you know, you might have some small distractions, um, but it's okay. That's human behavior. And um, I think the men- when you're talking about some of those transition things, um, the mental side uh, for me, uh, I was probably more physical as a player and a student athlete. I did my job physically. I did. I had a little bit of mental scenario, but uh, going into uh, coaching, that was probably one of the biggest things I had to do was to maybe teach more mental makeup versus uh, the physical. Because if you get to the college level or you get to a high level of uh, business or success, you've probably got some skill set that's gonna that has set you apart. Uh, but where is the mental side going to come into play? And so teaching things like visualization, focus, concentration, uh, embracing and striving in a moment, uh, those are things that probably have moved more into the coaching realm for me, if that's kind of answering your question a little bit. Yeah, that's interesting. I know um, for me, the vision and, and uh, you seeing the big picture once you get into a leadership role and, and almost having to set the vision as opposed to just fitting into you know, a vision someone else, someone else created or kind of handed down to you has been a challenge for me and, and a real growth opportunity to, to be the one that's really kind of setting the vision right. for the team. Um, no, you got a lot of passion for Detroit. Obviously you're from Detroit, you know, other than some of those, those stories you told any, any real big whys behind your passion for the D? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I usually don't talk about myself a whole lot and that's, actually part of my probably philosophy a little bit and uh but it's a it's a unique story you know i talk about my family and giving me an opportunity to grow as a student an athlete um, an individual and uh without my parents you know they they had their i had grandparents and uh detroit uh, went through such a pinnacle point in history during the kind of the industrial revolution and um, when the auto industry came into play uh, my, I had family entrenched in the auto industry as did many Michiganders or, or people from our region. And, uh, my family, I'm, my name is Ryan Patrick Kelly. My family migrated from Ireland looking for work. Um, my father was the first one of the Kellys born in uh, America. And, um, so I was the second. So we're not that far removed from, uh, coming across the, the waters. Uh, but they came across essentially looking for a better life. Uh, my great grandparents, that is, and they found uh, their uh, their footings in Canada, and then uh, not finding much employment at the time, made their way to Detroit, and uh, that was because of uh, the auto industry. And Detroit gave my family an opportunity to uh, make a living in a, a society that gave them an opportunity. And uh, my grandfather, eventually, who was born in Canada, and he eventually followed his father, his great, my great-grandfather, to Detroit. And uh, he worked at uh, General Motors for 46 years, pretty much had the same job. He was a hammer press operator, basically just uh, pounded steel uh, as part of his job uh, for the entire duration of his career. He went to World War II. He was part of the arsenal of democracy through the Detroit era. And... Um, if Detroit didn't give the Kelly family an opportunity, then uh, 
and led to my dad ultimately going to Wayne State, getting an education, and then ultimately led to me having a, an opportunity to be a college baseball coach within the NCAA. Uh, so that's a personal thing for me is I feel um, obligated and, and a responsibility to the city. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I'm very passionate about Detroit in, 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 in a personal regard, but uh, I'm a huge fan of the city. Uh, I really believe in uh, where the city is, where it's been. Uh, I, I understand the, the, the positives, the, the struggles, the challenges, uh, but I think it makes uh, the city uh, a, unique, a unique scenario of hard work, dedication, commitment, overcoming adversity, going through struggles, and ultimately continuing to move forward as one of the true great American stories. What cool perspective, man. That, I can just hear the gratitude in your voice thinking back and, and uh, I have a soft spot for Detroit. I think it's such a cool city and you know, it's been really neat to see how it's grown since my time at, at Wayne and it was even up and coming, you know, sort of back then. So, you know, really cool to see. And, and interesting too, now that we're into a more dynamic time with this pandemic and some of these uh, protests and things going on, you know, it, it, it uh, it'll be cool to see where Detroit goes and, and how we withstand some of these challenges here in the near term. Indeed. Um, what is one of the toughest challenges that you've had to face as a coach? Can you remember one or two specific things where, where you were really challenged or something caught you off guard? Yeah. You know, um, you're, when you're a head coach in the college level or you're some type of administrator or a supervisor, you're going to have challenges, um, not, not just sometimes, but all the time. Every day you got some form of a challenge. Um, you know, when you're a part of a team that uh, embraces the word culture and there's a unity and there's a, a camaraderie, a chemistry, uh, I, I think about one story, a teammate of yours, um, J.J. Shenick. Uh, this was a, a challenge at the time. This is something I did not experience yet. But uh, as a coach, uh, J.J. Shenick, uh, member of the Wayne State baseball team, um, was diagnosed with a form of cancer. And, uh, we're in the middle, we're like in the middle of our academic year and we're not that far, uh, out from the college baseball season, if I recall. Um, and JJ was diagnosed with, um, you know, a form of cancer and we had to address that and talk about that with the team. And, uh, when you, when you have someone that's, uh, when you're a part of a tight knit culture community, if there is a, a serious challenge when it comes to that, um, you're going to have a lot of emotions and anxieties, stressors. Um, what can I do? Things come up. And um, that was a challenge when we v- first heard the news. Uh, but it, the challenge turned into a great memory. Um, I can remember, and J.J. Shenick, you know, s- survived, beat it. He's been doing very well, as we know. and. Uh, but uh, when we had that challenge, I remember talking with JJ about it. And uh, usually a leader um, takes the me factor out of it. And JJ, uh, I remember when we had to address the team in person, uh, it was a tough time for JJ, but it was tough because he was more worried about his teammates than himself. Mm-hmm. And uh, that turned into a real positive for me because I could see the understanding of when you're a part of something bigger than just yourself, when others are impacted, 
he was fully aware that he was going to go after this thing and, and, and take down the animal, which he did. And uh, the challenge turned into a real positive. And uh, I think it built great, continued to build our unity and uh, our chemistry. And he, led to, he turned out to be a great example for the student athletes, the coaches, the, the, the teachers, uh, the community in that, in that time frame of Wayne State history. Yeah, that's a, a very challenging time. And I know from the good leaders I've seen that that selfless approach to leadership, you know, leadership's the the service mentality of, you know, you're not, you're not here to dictate to others, but to serve them. And, and um, you know, it's all about that team. And, and luckily, you know, we had the opportunity to be a part of some really cool championship teams. And, and um, you know, I really just think that, especially when, when you encounter things like JJ did, it puts everything in perspective, mm-hmm. you know, all the, all the baseball, the school and, and uh, the nine thirty PM practices till 2 AM at the math. eye. and, and um, speaking of some of those uh, practices and morning lifts and things after I left university, I realized some of the daily habits that I had built that I negligently let myself lose a couple of years out of school. And, and now I'm thinking back and I really value those. I really value a lot of those habits that were instilled in us. And um, I'm curious if you have daily habits that really have benefited you or, or anything, morning rituals, you know, what, how, how do habits resonate with you on your path to success? It's a good question. Um, definitely coffee. Gotta have, gotta have morning coffee. That's a, that's a ritual. Uh, uh, but um I don't know if there's any specific habits versus, um, uh, I guess, uh, ideals, uh, consistency, I think of, uh, just trying to stay consistent every day with what I'm working on. Uh, uh, communication is significant. Uh, that is a, that is definitely, um, a process, but also a, a habit. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you're in a leadership position, you got to have communication uh, to be able to, uh, maybe delegate information, talk about information, but also gather and listen to information. And, uh, in today's age, there's so many forms of communication that you really got to be on top of it. So, um, you know, a standard phone call, a text message, some type of electronic communication, uh, especially when you're in a university forum, you've got various forms of, uh, online protocol. Uh, whether it's an e- a standard email or working through a university uh, system. Uh, so you got to be on top of it, especially when you have people counting on you uh, to be able to understand what's going on and, and get that information out. So communications, a big time daily ritual habit, consistency, and so forth. Um, one of my favorite four letter words in the um, English language is the word work. And, uh, that is something that is definitely a habit every day is, uh, I enjoy to work. Um, as I talked about in my history a little bit, uh, we were built on the word work a little bit within my family. And I know the city of Detroit, the same way and Wayne state university is the same way it was built upon some serious work and, uh, there's different ways to go about doing work. Uh, but it's something that I take pride in doing every day. So, Kind of in a nutshell, wake up, have that coffee, and uh, stay consistent in communication, and, and keep working. And I tell you, when you're when you're in a leadership position, um, even if you're going on a vacation, 
uh, and so forth that it's that still kind of stays consistent especially when people are counting on you um, but at, at some point I, I did have a professor uh, talk about this in one of my master's classes and um, he said it's okay to take a 10-minute vacation every now and then and so uh, <laughs> if you got to take a 10-minute walk or, or just get up from your desk and, mm -hmm. and uh, recover mentally in a you know, brief time. Uh, that's something I, I think is also part of a, a habit that I've, I've developed. Um, you know, in a competitive environment, you might've had a bad call on the field by an umpire or uh, maybe a, we had a rough inning or, or something. Sometimes you got to take a mental break and, and mm -hmm. recover and move on to, to win the next moment. And so there, those are some of the habits that I do. Man, I love that. I love the, uh, the hard work. When I hear hard work, I know, I know that definitely rings in my head that RK is one of those hard work guys. And, and, uh, I thought criteria was going to come up somewhere in there. <laughs> and I already, I already was had, I had a text message on that last night with one of the <laughs> teammates. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Yeah. I love that. I love that. Um, thinking about high school athletes, what can they be doing to prepare for collegiate athletics and, uh, college in general? Awesome question. I get that question a lot, actually. And uh, the word that I usually, a one word answer is everything. <laughs> uh, uh, if you want to advance um, in sport, um, and this can, this can resonate uh, in other entities beyond sport, uh, if you want to achieve and, and get to the highest level possible, you got to work to be the best at it. And, um, there, and that, if you're going to be a student athlete at the high school level and you have aspirations to get to the college level, or maybe even professional, if you're lucky, you gotta, you gotta keep working at everything. And, um, it's, it's working on your game, uh, your, your skill set, um, your physical attributes, strength and conditioning, physical therapy, your mental attributes, um, having a sound mind, uh, understanding how to make adjustments, overcome adversity and deal with challenges, um, being a member of a team, be the best teammate you can be. Mm -hmm. uh, and definitely without question, I mean, I always talk about this and I know you're familiar with it, but at the high school level, don't take for, don't take academics for granted. Do the very best you can create, a, create a great foundation and build those resources with your teachers and your counselors. Because um, when a college coach um, or a university official is going to look at a transcript, that's powerful. It really can be. And, um, I, so I, so I say everything, yeah, work at, work at everything uh, you and, know, and continue to grow. I like that philosophy. I, and that really resonates with me in the business world. And I can see why they have this perspective. They talk about being really good at one thing. And especially when you're young and, and Gary V kind of talks about this, that's the time to make mistakes and try and try new things. And, and I really think going for everything and all the way when you're younger is the time to do it. And, you know, if you got that one thing you're really driven for, then, then sure go for that. But, mm -hmm. um, I like the diversity. I like the well-roundedness and I think it's so important. And you mentioned earlier, your history with speaking and, and being a color commentator, you're a great speaker. That's something I'm a little passionate about because my parents used to force me to do speech competitions and things when I was a young kid and I hated it at the time, but now I love it because it's, it's really helped me in my career and, and in my life. And 
how has speaking and your, your color commentary experience helped you? And do you think that's an area that maybe isn't focused on enough by the younger generation? Uh, absolutely. I mean, geez, I can remember taking uh, high school, middle school, high school classes, and it might be just one speech class mm-hmm. for the year. And uh, I know what it's like to be in those shoes and be really nervous and unsettled. And even though you prepare like crazy, uh, you still got, you still have to speak and present in front of an audience. And um, that is, that's an obstacle. That's something you got to work at and you got to train at and, and get experience at. Um, so just like you mentioned, I think that's, that is a skill set that everyone can utilize mm-hmm. and whether, you know, you're a boss, you're a supervisor, you're a coach, uh, you're a, you work at the front desk of a hotel. Uh, what, I mean, everyone's got to communicate effectively and that's such a powerful uh, tool to have. And, uh, I think if there's some youngsters that are going to listen to this, like you're asking about the high school students, keep working at it, keep working at it. Cause eventually you're going to have to help someone make a decision for you. And um, if you can present yourself to a college coach, to someone that's looking to hire you for a summer job, uh, a future full-time job, you've got to be able to articulate with some confidence during an interview or during a meeting, uh, whether it's on the phone in person uh, on a zoom call, uh, you have got to be able to articulate. And um, I think part of the communication piece, not only just articulating words, is your body language. So having great body language. Mm-hmm. And that's something you can practice all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it in front of a mirror. You can practice the way you walk to class. You can practice the way you walk to your car. Practice the way you walk to the grocery store. And you have body language that can resonate, uh, you know, your, some things that about you. Are you having a good day? Are you having a bad day? Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. So yeah, 90% I mean, of what you're saying and coming out of your mouth, you know? So, uh, I like that a lot. I know, uh, I know as I think about some of my most challenging public speaking times, it wasn't the time I had to get up in front of a bunch of people and give a prepared speech. It was that time with the team where you had to get up, you knew something needed to be said and it, you know, you're putting yourself out there and it's not comfortable to do. And it happens not only in, in team environments, but in, you know, walks of life in your churches and your communities and, uh, putting yourself out there is hard and, and getting up and speaking in front of people's heart. But I agree. You got to practice it. It's a there's skill. Be, yeah, you're, you're right. There's times are going to be very easy to speak about certain things. Sure. Uh, and then, but, uh, you got to speak when it's tough too. Well, and I think we easily look at some of these, higher ups in business and in our communities and they're up speaking and you're like, Oh, you know, they're so good at it. They look, you know, they, they, that must come naturally to them. And to your point, I don't think it does at all. They've practiced and they're mm-hmm. extremely prepared. So um, that's so important that preparation and everything, not only speaking, but in baseball and in school and everything. Know your husband and a father. How has the transition to fatherhood impacted your mentality as a leader? if at all, uh, you know, you've used the word a few times, uh, in perspective and, uh, that's probably been maybe the, one of the most significant pieces of being a father. I got two, two daughters and, um, you know, the perspective piece of it is that, um, I can remember being a younger coach, um, before I was a father and, uh, maybe some things would really eat me up. 
competitively. Um, maybe it was a rough game. Um, maybe something didn't go the way we were hoping for. And, uh, and then the big picture, um, that might not be the message we're trying to teach all the time is not just losing a game, winning a game. It's, uh, that's part of the process to becoming uh, successful in life. And so, uh, you know, there was times I might've got uh, fired up younger as a coach with umpires and so forth. But sometimes I might think back a little bit, you know what, let's just win the next pitch. And, uh, and being a father has helped with that transition to some extent uh, because, you know, you might have a bad day. Things might not, I mean, I don't necessarily feel like I have a bad day, but some things might not go good. Uh, but, uh, you know, you know, come home after maybe a tough loss and stuff like that, that, that part of being a fatherhood, a father is, uh, is great. And also the other perspective piece on being a father, I've seen, uh, how kids are impacted, uh, by student athletes. Mm-hmm. And so my girls, um, we have not made a trip to Disney world or anything like that yet. Uh, but they feel Wayne state is like Disney world. <laughs> and, uh, cool. and, and it's, it's, it's more so because of the, the players and, and so they love the Wayne state baseball players. That's they awesome. think they are the greatest uh, people on the planet uh, right. and credit to the Wayne state baseball team. Some of the previous players and current guys for welcoming them in that regard. And uh, it kind of just gives a, another perspective on like, if you are a student athlete at the college level, um, how important and valuable that is. Uh, because you are viewed, whether it's a role model or just someone that a kid looks up to you on, I've noticed that. And we've we've hosted a lot of great camps over the years that you've participated with, and we've seen a lot of kids come through our doors uh, in Detroit at Wayne State. And uh, you can really sense, and I get great feedback from families and parents, like how impactful the, the college baseball student athletes are in those environments. And uh, that's something as a parent and a father you, you realize uh, when you see your kids impacted by young adults. That is so cool. That's something I'm passionate about right now because you never know who is going to be impacted by something you do and something as simple as just being a student athlete. It could have an impact. You know, you, you speaking to some kid could have a huge impact on their life and you just don't know. And I think for a lot of years, I took that for granted through my career that, you know, you, you think you're just going about your stuff and you're worried about your classes and, and doing you and, and you don't realize how you have an impact on, on the world around you. And, um, you find out about it later through your network, you know, through as, as your relationships grow and you build relationships with people. Um, what is WSU up to these days? What's going on in the baseball world? Talk a little bit about the season. Obviously it's been a unique year with the pandemic what are you doing to keep the guys motivated and what's going on at WSU baseball? Uh, we are really looking forward to this year. One, we are off to a good start. Uh, I think we were a record was 11 and four, if I'm not mistaken, exactly on it. But uh, we finished playing in March. Uh, but this was actually year 80 of Wayne State baseball. So uh, this was the 80th season of Wayne State baseball in the arena gold. So it was kind of a, a good anniversary year for us uh, historically. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, I remember we were at a team dinner. We were on our Florida spring break. We were at a team dinner at a restaurant. And uh, that's when the, the news was all over the, the TVs and the phones. When the NBA uh, was one of the first sport organizations in America to, to kind of shut down and cancel or, right. uh, and so forth. We were all in the restaurant there. And we're sitting there thinking we got a game 
tomorrow, the next day and, um, and thinking about, you know, how's this going to evolve? And uh, the reality didn't really set in like things were going to start canceling. And uh, ultimately it did in a really short period of time. Then the NCAA followed suit. We're in Florida. And um, unfortunately we weren't like, we prepared the team and we all kind of had our, our thoughts on it. Uh, like something might happen, but we were continuing to prepare that we're going to finish our trip, play our games and, and do what we have to do. But then the, the NCAA came out and we shut down. And uh, unfortunately, we weren't all together in that moment when that decision came. So we ended up uh, having a team meeting uh, once we got everyone back at the hotel site where we're located uh, like two or three hours later. And that was, that was tough. That was a tough time. Um, you know, some guys are obviously understand the scenario. Uh, seniors were kind of like, what's going on? Uh, this might be the, this might be it. And um, so that, that was a immediate some topic. We got back to Detroit as fast as possible. And uh, the last time I saw the team uh, collectively as a unit was uh, on the John C. Lodge service drive at like three in the morning on a, <laughs> a bus dropped us off at the math eye. And uh, we actually had to do some quarantine things at that time. And the guys got in their cars and took their equipment. And that's the last time I've seen them in person. Wow. And, uh, but uh, as we, streamlined through that process a little bit and all the information started becoming prevalent. We obviously found out that we're in a, you know, a game that's bigger than baseball mm -hmm. and um, we have to do our part um, with the social distance thing, staying safe, using good judgment. And so I credit the guys on, um, you know, being responsible and, mm -hmm. uh, but I really, really um, was proud of them because we just finished our winter semester not that long ago. We end up getting, uh, I don't have the exact data in front of me, but it's like a right around a 3.5 term GPA as a team. Awesome. The guys really, uh, you know, they, they had something to win. They weren't playing the game at that moment. But they could at least continue to compete academically, and they did a great job. Uh, the athletic department as a whole did a, a tremendous job. And so um, the motivation piece, um, you know, it's just, I think the, the thing that we did as a staff is we just stayed consistent in our communication. Like we right. talked about earlier, um, we didn't change up. We just stayed as consistent as we do, we do as a team. Mm -hmm. uh, so our, you know, our phone calls, our, our team texts almost every day, um, individual calls when needed. Um, and we stayed true to that process and uh, it's, it's remained prevalent. Uh, I would credit the guys. Uh, they did a good job. Obviously, when you're a teammate, you have a, a responsibility as a teammate to look out for your teammates too. So right. just not coaches or a supervisor telling you what to do. You got to be a good and effective teammate and make sure your teammates are, are doing okay. So they did a good yeah. job with that as well. This is definitely one of those situations where the phrase control what you can control comes to mind. And I don't know if I've been through a situation where it seems like more out of our control what's going on. But yeah, I, I think that consistent communication is key. I think so many leaders miss that and, and maybe um, either err on the side of over communicating, which sometimes can be bad, or they don't communicate enough where it creates all this uncertainty and questioning and, and people's minds can start to wander of what, what might be going on. And, um, you know, I know when we were at Wayne, you know, lots of opportunities to give back to the community kind of leading up to this pandemic. And, you know, I know once we get back to some state of normal, we'll do that forward. What's WSU been doing giving back to the community in Detroit and WSU baseball specifically? You know, the, you can, if you visit our, our athletic website, um, there's definitely uh, some recent uh, 
features on the student athletes uh, from this year. Uh, I think we end up finishing as a student athlete community, uh, about 400 strong of us, give or take. And uh, we finished second in the country at the NCAA Division II level with community service hours. Oh, and wow. That might be one of the highest rankings we've ever had. We've always done, we've, and even when you were a student athlete, mm -hmm. it's always been an, a powerful piece of our athletic department fabric, team fabric, philosophy. Um, you know, if, if you have an opportunity to be a college student athlete, uh, it's a, an amazing opportunity. But as you know, it's, if you're going to have a good opportunity, responsibility comes with it. We talked about how it impacts kids and so forth. So um, we've done a lot of community service. And uh, the teams, our team specifically with baseball, we did, uh, I want to say we were about 800 community service hours this year. We probably would have had over 1,000 if we didn't have the pandemic. Wow. Uh, but our guys helped raise, uh, we haven't talked about it publicly or had any features on it. But uh, our guys helped raise $40,000 towards uh, direct cancer patient care for the Henry Ford Health System this year. That's basically they volunteered their Sundays and went to Ford Field. Wow. And they sold 50-50 at all the Lions games. And um, all of that went to uh, direct cancer patient care with Henry Ford Health System through um, various NFL charities and, and the Detroit Lions charities. And uh, Christian Bilkovic helped set that up with us a couple of years ago. Awesome. One of, Very one cool. of former alums. And so uh, not only did we volunteer hours, that, that we went to elementary schools and we've done things like that. But. Um, some of it could make a, like a, at least a financial impact for people in need as well. So we, we did that and we're proud of that. And uh, on top of having a, a good record and uh, doing well in school this year that I'm really proud of the team and, and what we've been going through uh, ever since we reported back the beginning of the school year and where we are now. Man, that's awesome. Very cool. Well, RK, it's been great talking to you. Great catching up before we go. Tell us a little bit about how we as alumni can do a good job of plugging in and helping out and giving back to Wayne State during this time and, and how else we can uh, Absolutely. help the community. Well, um, as a former student athlete, you know, your, your time, you know, as a, as a Wayne State Tartar or Warrior, maybe four years, um, but those four years are with you forever and uh, it's on your resume. It's uh in your pride, uh, it's on your hat like you're wearing right now. There you go. Uh, and uh, in order for us to continue to develop and, and build future leaders, we obviously need alumni support. And um, I think there's so many different ways to help. There really are. Uh, just showing up to a game, stopping by a practice, uh, coming just coming back to the alma mater like you've done on occasion, even though you're not a Michigan resident anymore. Um, just swinging by, just being visible. That's a that's a I just think a tremendous leadership move because the current players see that they see when alumni walk in and, and they, and they, uh, you know, they'll think to themselves, it must be a pretty important time for that student or that former uh, player to stop by and, and see what's going on. Right. And I think that's important for our current players to see when our alumni are visible. And um, obviously, uh, you know, with, on certain budget cuts that we're probably going to uh, experience uh, once things become official through the pandemic. Uh, financial con contributions are going to be pinnacle for us. And uh, it's not the best time to give, uh, but we generated the, the lend a hand campaign with the athletic department. It's like $5 a month uh, is something that can make a big impact. And if we had a lot of alumni uh, come out and um, an army of 
of, of names supporting the current and future student athletes. I, I just think that continues to fuel, obviously, what we're trying to do, but also identifies with the current players, like how powerful it is to for alumni to, to give back and it gives them a sense of responsibility. They, they got to continue to abide by the missions that we're trying to accomplish. Um, so giving back um, in whatever form it might be, um, maybe even if you have a job open up in your, in your network, like right. let us know about it. We, there's, there's, we're going to have future current players looking for jobs, looking at a resume, um, so many ways. So um, ultimately staying connected. Uh, if you can stay connected with us, um, that's, that's very impactful. And, uh, you know, once a teammate, always a teammate, I think it's great when, um, alumni that were teammates stay in touch, uh, and maybe fuel ideas together. Uh, Bowling Green baseball is a great example right now. I don't know if you saw it or not, but, uh, the university had to make a tough decision, uh, not that long ago to, um, eliminate the sport of baseball at Bowling Green State University in Ohio. Mm -hmm. And uh, the alumni um, came together uh, as a unit, a unity, a team, and they uh, created pledges. And ultimately, Bowling Green, through uh, the alumni representation with the, the president and the athletic director and the administration there, they're going to have baseball again. Wow. The That's alumni cool. saved their sport. And that just uh, went uh, effective um, the last couple of days. It just shows the power of being a part of a team and continue to be a part of a team. Um, I, I feel uh, with Wayne State Baseball uh, being the head coach, if you uh, had a 400 batting average or maybe didn't play a lot, um, maybe you had a – you were in the, in the 2000-plus era when things were uh, maybe a little better than the 1960s, 70s era. Um, we've got Harwell Field now and uh, some upgraded facilities probably more uh, scholarship opportunities. Uh, regardless, um, you were a, a Tartar or a warrior and uh, you were a part of it. And whatever we can do to help alumni as well, that we, we want to be able to help build a network, connect, uh, and just continue with the team approach. Man, I love it, RK. Awesome criteria. Name on the front, as always. Yes. And great having you on the show, man. I'm glad to see what you're doing. Awesome to see where you've taken that Wayne State Warrior baseball team and excited to see where it goes going forward. Phil, you're one of the best uh, leaders that put on the green and gold. Uh, I know your teammates uh, think really highly of you and uh, excited to see the things you're doing and uh, continuing your passion for success. I know you're, we didn't even talk about engineering, but all the stuff you've done uh, in the professional world, but your sure. vision moving forward. Uh, keep up the great work. Keep being a tremendous leader. And uh, thanks for all your support. Appreciate it, RK. Take yeah. care, man. All right, Phil. If you enjoyed today's show, give it a five-star rating. Follow, subscribe, and head on over to GoLeadEverything.com to learn more about the Go Lead Everything movement. For more great content daily, follow me on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at RealPhilSwanson. Facebook and LinkedIn at Philip Swanson. And for videos of these episodes and other great video content daily, subscribe to the Phil Swanson channel on YouTube. Now go lead everything.